So I have a couple things to apologize for. One, I sound bad because I just woke up a little while ago. Two, and the bigger one, is to the two of you because I was a terrible host this weekend. What? You weren't what? that bad. I, I, I was think terrible. You were pretty darn good. It was terrible. You weren't bad. So uh, I, I realized after you all left that, like, Jimmy, you didn't even come into the house. You didn't see my house at all. Oh, well, you know, it's like you what you had a back injury and that kind of superseded everything because everybody was worried making sure that you were going to be okay. Yeah, still it was all about, it's all about Prince Bob. We were all worried about Prince Bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's his new no. name from now on. Oh, great. I mean that effectively. That. No, we were worried about you because you were in severe pain. You pulled yeah. a muscle or pinched the nerve or something unexpectedly in the middle of everything and you couldn't even move. So I was telling, I was telling uh, the team that I probably looked like I was pretty uncomfortable. <clears throat> on Sunday. Yeah. But did. it was truly horrible. That was a yeah. terrible day. It felt awful. I'm not sure for everybody listening. Uh, Saturday morning, these guys came to my area for the Louisville Maker Fair. And so Saturday morning, I was getting up to uh, get in the car and go meet them and everything. And I had to run home and pick up a couple of things. And so I picked them up and then I stood up and just standing up, my back went. Did you hear that? And, yeah. <laughs> It was more of like a squealing tire sound, I think it's, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and it just hurt so bad. And I don't know what, what happened, but basically, uh, I went on to the Maker Faire and and we did the whole day, which was awesome. We'll definitely talk about that, but I was hurting. And then I woke up the next morning and it was way worse as the guys were supposed to come to the house. So, yeah, um, it was touch and go, but we powered through it. We're going to record the, the video for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I was like. I couldn't get out of bed, and I've never, ever, ever had anything like that where I just couldn't stand up. So eventually I got up, and that loosened it up enough to be able to walk around. So I kind of hobbled around like an old man all day, and hopefully you won't be able to see it too much in the videos. But maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it was good to get out. It was good to get to a Maker fair for the yeah, first time fun. in a while. That was a blast. See some old friends, some new friends. It was great. We did a live recording, which sounds very live in the recording. We um yeah we shouldn't call it a live recording we just did a live yeah. podcast we did a live podcast and we tried recording it thirteen different ways and it was one of those days when nothing worked pretty much and the only recording we got of it for everybody to know is from Sam who is the guy that I was talking about last time who had been to all three of our live recordings mm-hmm. he happened to put his phone in front of the speaker and we got a like technically a recording of it uh, and we're going to use that as the after show this week if we can make it worth listening to. And if not, yeah. then there just won't be one. <laughs> yeah. But big but, thanks oh, to Sam for coming, first of all, but also for getting that recording. But, Bob, did you save the questions? Did you happen to have the questions handy? I don't have them handy. We do have them, though. Yeah. Uh, oh. Megan. I was going uh, to say maybe uh, if, it, if, it's, if it was possible, we could maybe look through a show topic in that little pile of questions. Oh, yeah. I don't have them here, but we could do that next week, maybe. Okay. Next week. We, uh, we handed out cards to the audience and... People asked a few pointed questions. That was a good idea because a lot of times you can't hear the crowd asking the questions and then everybody's yeah. looking at each other like, what did they say? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing the cards was, was a brilliant idea. So we got together and did we, are we telling the audience what this double secret project was? Do we say it out loud yet? I think we did last week, but we can definitely talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah. We, each one of us brought a piece of the pie and we put all of our pies together. In Bob's basement. 
and Bob's shop. It was a table, mm-hmm. not a pie, just to be clear, just to be like... Metaphorically yeah. speaking, yeah. It was each one of us made. And uh, we, it's funny how the three of us were so amazed how math works. <laughs> <laughs> it fit together perfectly. It fit together, right, right, just as it should have. Yeah. Because the 12-inch radius, two-thirds of it, two, yeah, it would have been two-thirds of a 12-inch radius. When I was making perfect. mine, I was amazed on how small one-third... Yeah. Of a 24 yeah. inch diameter table is. I was like, this can't be right. This is too small. That's why I sent you guys my piece when I first cut the bottom part that would become the bottom of mine. I was like, just so we're all on the same page, it's this mm-hmm. little tiny piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> so you know. But each one of the pieces turned out good, and my piece weighs like 85 pounds, unfortunately. Yeah. So everywhere and I go, both- like my piece is like a sink, uh, a sinker, fishing sinker. It always pulls well, both of ours direction. are basically hollow. And yeah. as thin-walled as possible. And then Jimmy's is like this solid mass of plastic. Yeah, I love the way it looks, though. It looks yeah. really cool. Oh, you're just saying that. Thank you. No, I think it came <laughs> out really good. Well, I, I, resin is always... When you pour deep resin, which is what I did, I basically made a memory table. But when you pour deep resin, and I tried this time to do my best, it always gets a little weird. And the last couple of pours I got got the got the weirdest. But I think I could... I could, it's good. It's not great. It's not perfect. It's okay. It's passable, but I need to, before we give it out, I need to do one last clean them up, pour, sand it and clean it up. And I think it'll bring it back to life. But yeah, it's also when you do a deep one, it's, it's always risky because you're doing a deep, deep pour and each layer is at risk of being the one that screws it up. Yeah. I, I've only done that deep pour thing one time and it was a long time ago before epoxy stuff was really a common thing and there weren't that many uh products to choose from and you know now they've got some stuff where you can pour like two inches at a time and it's made for that and it's made to cool you know quickly or harden slowly or whatever the, the thing is that makes it work but the one time i did it before uh, it was a i made like an ocean table so i had this concrete that. Yeah, concrete ground, and then I was pouring water on top of it. And the idea was that you tent the every layer a little bit more so that the color of the water would change as it got more shallow. Is that table still in your house? It is. Uh, It's in pieces. When we moved, I took it apart to make it easier to move, and I just kind of put it back together. But in doing that, I'm I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I had to do the entire table three times. Or something like that. Because every every time I would get through that pour process, it just took so long that by that, you know, you get halfway through it and then you start getting impatient and then pouring too quickly and then something cracks and something looks terrible. And and it was, I remember, it was so much money in epoxy. <sighs> yeah. Because that was the time before I was getting any kind of sponsorships or anything like that. Nobody sent free stuff. Which It's I like 100 bucks per jug. Of yeah. Kit. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you'd go through it, waste a bunch of time and a bunch of money, and then it would crack and look terrible and start over. I think this um, is when people call me often and they go, so I mixed up my things, and that was like a week ago, and it's still really, really, like, not hard. Mm. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I think you have to start over when it's a week yeah. and you're not using the extended cure stuff. <clears throat> or it cures in various segments, not necessarily the whole thing. When it's like parts are still gel, they're never, they're never going to harden. You just didn't stir it well enough. My brother right. had that problem once. 
he poured like a half inch and there was spots that were hard and spots that stayed jealous. Like, did you just stir? How long did you stir for? He goes, I don't know. I was like, no, whatever you did, it wasn't enough. Mm. Jimmy, yeah, was it you that over. said to use just a little bit more hardener? Than, Occasionally, than the but then you run the risk of it getting too hot and cracking yeah. and turning yellow. So you really do have to stick to the chemistry. One, I'm no, I'm no epoxy expert, but one of the things that I do is I really crank up the air conditioning when I'm doing the epoxy. Mm-hmm. And I want my room to be almost as cold as possible, so it cures slow. The bubbles have a time have time to rise because mm-hmm. epoxy gets warm. I think it's a tip I picked up from that BM Sculptures guy. Oh who yeah, does the amazing. Blake, I mean, Blake yeah. is incredible. By the way, I, I want to talk just a little bit. Of, this is kind of behind the scenes, Blake from making it the nbc show i met blake there and and a few people knew him when i was there and i they're like oh my god you're working with blake i know derek for instance knew blake before the show from his social media and blake reached out to me a couple weeks ago i'm sure he reached out to a few people he wanted to make a a horn one of his next projects he's making a bull like a life-size bull and he needed a bull horn made out of stainless steel because it's a sculpture that's going to be outside so i sent him to jd and then we said go check out a couple of different metal artists and he attempted it on his own with complete noob experience, nothing. And he, if you go check out Blake McFarlane's channel, I'm so impressed with what he ended up doing completely in the dark, blind. He ended up making a bunch of stainless steel TIG rods and bending them into what looked like a cornucopia, but a long, thin one. And then just connected all the wires with globs of weld. And then at first you think to yourself, oh, wolf, that's going to be a tough one. But by the time he was done, it looks like a Rodin bronze sculpture. Incredible. He did that in preparation to sand it smooth. He left enough weld to be able to grind it smooth, which I'm sure he would have been able to. Seems like he did a good enough welding job. But when he just polished up the welds themselves, they look like bits and pieces of handmade laid wax. They look beautiful. So shout out to Blake McFarlane. And the behind the scenes, it was the thing he did not want to be involved in. He's like, that's not my expertise. But he attempted it and he developed his own beautiful, beautiful styling of how he did it. So when you think you don't know what you're doing or you think you have no idea, sometimes it might be worth a shot. You come up with something totally beautiful and new. That's cool. Anyway, that's it. That should have um, been at the end of the show. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs> um, well, you know, this weekend was in my neck of the woods. It's all pretty familiar to me. And it was a great time of hanging out with everybody. But I'm actually curious to hear about what you guys, like your experience for the weekend for Maker Fair and just for hanging out and traveling. I'll tell you, I, w- I was going to come alone. I was going to drive alone. And then I mentioned to Derek, and Derek said he, he'd come and he would drive. And he it was touch and go because he didn't know if he can get time off from his. His day job, he ultimately got time off. But then I got a call from Chad of Mancrafting. He's like, hey, we rented an Airbnb, me and Bernie. And I was surprised to hear that they were going to go, which was refreshing. And he's like, we got room. So we stayed together, me and Bernie, Chad and Derek. And we had a really great time. It was like, I really said to those guys, like really heartfelt a few times. I'm so glad I got a chance to spend quality time with you guys. And there was the event that took place the night before the Make Affair, which took place in HIT stands for H-I-T-E, stands for something. It's the University of Louisville's master's art program and the, the initials for the building are H-I-T-E. And in that building, it's a brand new building or it's a brand new campus and it's an old factory. So it's real beautiful textures and beams and stuff. And there's studios and one of the studios is a printing studio and they have a 
Heidelberg Press. They have a Heidelberg windmill press that was donated to them years ago in perfect shape with all the equipment, everything needed, and they never ran it. And I've run it. I don't have great experience. I never worked in a print shop. I've only ever just experimented with the one I have. So I went there and I met Rachel. She's the girl in charge of that room. And me and Bernie and Chad and Derek, we troubleshot the machine, assembled it. Mine came with all the rollers in place, so I didn't know how to install the rollers. And we ran across a little weird thing. The bearings were all there, but they didn't fit on the shafts. I don't know. It hadn't been put together in 30 years. So for a minute, we didn't want to force anything. We were kind of questioning the, why would, why are all these things not going? Sorry, guys, I have to answer this. This might be my phone, my, uh, my laundry guy. We can pause this for a second. I took my brother along with me and he is kind of new to the my YouTube world. He's been helping me out the last few months filming and just assisting me in the shop. And I have to imagine his perception of what me and the business is totally changed after this because he got to witness, you know, people coming up to us and and saying nice things and mm. wanting us to sign stuff and uh it was so much fun. I got to talk to so many people. I actually didn't see hardly any of the the the, the events and booths there at the show because I was just talking to you guys and and all the listeners of the show show the whole time. It was it was an absolute blast. I'm sorry I had to jump off that. We're getting the the laundry machine fixed, and the guys have actually up up at the house. But my brother's going to greet him. But what I was going to say was this crazy old machine, which I got a chance to troubleshoot my own years before when I got mine for the first time. And nobody there had ever had any experience. So we troubleshot it, got it assembled. And ultimately, after all said and done, we got it printing. And you could check out Chad's Instagram and TikTok. He put some really good videos up. And Derek put up a really good video of this machine. But what was so nice is the the amazement factor or the gizmosity factor that everybody was experiencing seeing this thing working for the first time. So that partic- that evening, that Friday night, they had a community get together and the mayor was there and they wanted to demonstrate the machine. We had got it work. We got it working in the afternoon and we printed maybe about 200 cards. And so we wanted to demonstrate it that evening. And so the mayor with everybody around, I'm like, uh, uh, and, and had total stage anxiety, performance anxiety. The machine did not work. It got jammed. And then oh, me and Derek are like, oh, gotta, gotta, gotta. we got it unjammed and then we got it working. But the, we look up and the mayor's like, oh, I got it. I'm going to the next studio. See you guys. This doesn't work. But we got it working that particular evening. It needs some fine adjustment. And I was hoping that I got everybody there to a confidence level where they could experiment with it when we leave. But we all left. And I looked at Bernie and Chad. They're like, they're never going to touch that thing again. <laughs> we're all so scared. Of the <laughs> There's so many pinch points. And at one point, Chad got close to it with his camera. And his camera got whacked out of his hand and shot across the room. Oh, man. You got these flying bars. And you really have to steer clear of them. But we got it working. And it was, it was, we all felt a nice sense of accomplishment. It was almost like landing like, the lunar modular on the moon <laughs> successfully on his feet. Because a, a couple of times we were like, I don't know, this is going to work. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then what did you print with it? We printed the Louisville Maker Fair logo and to balance out, because I did a four by six card and the logo is just a perfect circle. So I put it at one end, like a moon, and below it, I put the city skyline of Louisville. I just found it online. Just a black silhouette. And it worked out good. Worked out really good. So ultimately, it was touch and go there. And then we got it working. And now it's up to them to take the 
whatever I've experienced, I've given them. I just say what's really important is just find a print shop that runs one of these and have somebody just go spend a few days with that person. Make sure you get the full breadth of all the adjustments from somebody that knows better than me. Uh, there, so there are a lot of adjustments to be made? Oh, yeah. The thickness yeah. of the paper, how high, fast the, the paper gets fed. Because it's a fully automatic machine. It picks up the paper, prints it, and then deposits it. And then the pressure of the print plate against the, the platen, and the ink, the rollers. How, and the biggest problem is, is how and where the paper gets picked up. Because when, when you set the guides to pick the paper up, that's it. If it's wrong, you'll print 10 of them and you realize, oh, they needs to be moved over a quarter of an inch. And so you got to adjust everything. So usually, I usually had one or two sacrificial cards. I just keep using them over and over to try and see where the machine will land. And Can you it. control the speed of the first few? You can. You can. The one thing I don't like about that machine, and I haven't experienced, I've only played with three of them, but none of them have the ability to move through the process slowly. They basically want you to do it all with a slide rule and a ruler and then just hit go. Mm-hmm. Wow. Meaning you, you measure out where it's going to land on the frame versus where it's going to land on the pick em up. And, you know, if the, the right printer, the right jobber would know how to do all that. I'm more practical. I got to run a couple cards through to see where the print is on and then know how to adjust the, the, the guides. What is used for the platen? Uh, I used, for the print plate, I used Corian. I laser etched Corian. Okay. You laser etch the background and the Anything that's going to stay black or print will stay positive on the laser etch. So it worked out really good. There were some fine, fine lines that I was afraid might get muddied, but they stayed perfect. How so deep does that etch have to be? It only has to be a couple of thousands deep if you're printing good. Hmm. But because the impression was so deep, it was pushing into the background a little bit, but it left a little impression. The laser etch on Corian leaves like a mini- miniature surface of the moon. It doesn't clean it smooth, like as if it was like a mill, an end mill. It gives you this like little stippled look. But above the cityscape on the postcard, if anybody got one in their hands, you'll notice the the impression was so deep that it pushed into that little moonscape, would have been the background of the cutout, and that impressed in the card. So it looks like the cityscape with like a little bit of texture on the card, and then the print is above it. Can you purposely But that was just, those are adjustments. Like, I could have, you, yeah, you could certainly do embossing. Like, we kept running the cards without ink just to make sure that everything was placed in the right spot, and they were like, wow, this just looks cool with no ink on it. Huh. So we, we left a few that way. That's cool. But yeah, the, the Heidelberg Press, if anybody loves machines and loves printing, I mean, that thing checks a lot of boxes for people when they see it. And one by one, every, at one point I just said it's, it's so complicated to run it with paper because it's a touch and go. Because like I said, I, there were some adjustments I needed to make, which I don't have enough experience to make <clears throat> and enough fiddle time. So I just said we just kept running it with no paper in it. And it was a crowd pleaser, not even printing, just the way it looks. My advice to fun. anybody going to any Maker Fair is to make sure all of your work is on a folder on your phone because there's so <laughs> many, because there's so many people just talking to each other and you all phones are out and people are just flipping through photos and showing up. You see elbows, and, buttocks, you see all kinds of stuff you don't want to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, food. We did get to see uh, a lot of people and quite a bit of work. It was really cool to you know just hear people's. I mean, like we talked about last week, one of the best things about a Maker Faire is getting together face-to-face with somebody and being like, so what do you do? And then they're like, let me show you. Because everybody's excited to show what they're, you know, mm-hmm. what they're passionate about. And um, lots of uh, really cool projects. I got to talk to um, lots of people about my cars. 
several people, you know, offer suggestion on fixing cars and, you know, asking how the gear was going and stuff like that. And that was always really cool just to get to recount where it's at from my perspective to them. Um, that was cool. It was a really good time for sure. Other than the back pain, (laughs) (laughs) I kind of put a damper on on a lot of it, but it, it was good. But because of that, I have not been doing anything this week. So I was telling you guys beforehand, like I have very little to add to the show this week because I've been doing nothing other than um, I think forcing myself to lay in bed, which is is kind of a frustrating thing for me to make myself do. This week it's been like, oh, I want to lay in bed because I just, it hurts not to. But doing that has forced me to just rest, like to not, to not, you know, try to accomplish anything, to um, like I, I ended up, uh, finishing watching a, a show that I'd been kind of putting off and I really enjoyed it. And I just sat around and thought a little bit and tried not to think like, you know, how can I think about work and how can I come up with the next thing? Or I tried not to do that, but just like, let my mind wander. And mm-hmm. it hasn't been, I'm not going to say it, it's been like eye opening. I've learned some amazing thing about myself, but it's just been nice to just slow down for a couple of days in, in the house. You know, it's different when you go on a vacation or you go on a trip somewhere and you try to like disconnect from things that's got its place too. But it was also really nice just to be around the house and be still. And, um, you know, kids are all at school, so it's quiet during the day and stuff. And so I don't, you know, it's not something I can probably justify doing very often, but it's been an upside. I've got to imagine the wheels of the business are still turning even when you're home. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's still editing happening and stuff, you know, obviously we're not producing new content this week. Um, and we're working on a new online course. And so my, this week for me was supposed to be going in and shooting in the studio and like getting stuff done for that course. That's not on any kind of a real schedule. Like it's not required by anybody else. So it's not the end of the world that that's going to fall back a week, but yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I had to go back to your course and I, I watched it all in, in double speed because I've been away from Fusion 360 for a while. I've been playing with Shaper 3D and now I'm going back to Fusion 360 for various reasons. And I'm like, I'm not as efficient as I was. I just, for whatever reason, if I don't use a piece of software for months, it just goes yeah. away. So I went through your course again, double speed, and it got me right back up to where I needed to be. So it was a good course. Is awesome. a good course. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about doing this other one. We'll talk about it as we get closer to it being released. But it's one that people have been asking for for a long time. And and it was it was uh, I spent I don't know a couple of months like gathering my thoughts on it and trying to figure out how to like put it all into a. It's an interesting thing to to take a bunch of your experience, and you guys should both of you should do this at some point to take a bunch of your experience on a subject that you've just like picked up here and there, you've used it in all these different ways and to try to turn all that experience into a linear, intentionally educational thought process because it's, it's work to figure out how to put things in an order that lets them, you know, let somebody start from nothing and work up to something rather than it just because our experiences are just so haphazard and they're throughout life and they're throughout projects. And 
they're little pieces of everything. But then when you want to try to explain that to somebody, they don't have the context for what the projects were, or what else you were doing or any of that. So it's interesting to try to reorder your experiences in a way that will step somebody through learning something. I mean, that's why mm. teachers are amazing, I guess, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a cool process, but it takes a while for sure. So I've been doing that for a couple of months and now we're at the point where we're actually shooting it. And uh, I was supposed to do more of that this week, but I'm not. So, yeah. Are you, take, are you going to continue to take more time off? I think I'll probably go into the office today and just kind of like check in. Uh, I know we've got a couple of people on vacation and somebody got sick. And so it's, it's light there anyway. <laughs> um, so I don't really need to go in, but I'm about back to now I'm at the, I'm at the like 25 year old. I hurt my backstage of pain. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm talking about? You know, not like yesterday was to the, ignore it. Yeah, yesterday was the 35, 40-year-old, and the day before was like the 80, 90-year-old. So I'm definitely, you know, I'm getting younger in, in response to my pain. So that's cool. But yeah, I think I'll, I'll, I'll be back to it pretty soon. The thing is, I'm, ang- I'm anxious to work on my cars, and that's all bending over. <laughs> so oh, I'm yeah. definitely not going to do that. But So many car people at the event. Yeah. yeah. I almost yeah. bought a tow truck. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Did you really? No, I'm joking. I, I oh. spent time with a, with, a, with a really sweet dude and his son, and he showed me the tow truck he did that he's working on. It's just he, he kind of recovered it, and he's just bringing it back to life. He's not making it perfect, but that's what's cool about an old Chevy. You don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. We love the rust and the holes and stuff, and it was really cool. He's like, you could, could be yours if you want to buy it. I'm on the way home. I was like, oh, no, no. Oh. Were you checking local Craigslist on your way home? I did not. No, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely on a bit of a diet lately. Yeah. There's nothing I really <laughs> need. There's nothing I really want. I just have to kind of just stick with my, my current collection of junk and find some joy in my current pile of crap. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what I have to do. You and, mentioned and, uh, something. I will. I was say, go, go ahead. You say mention. What yeah, you, mention? you mentioned something over the weekend um, about all the cars, and you don't get them to drive them. You just. Get them, to I work get them on just them. to possess them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I am getting. I bought a new truck. I get it Friday. I got to test drive it yesterday, which was really, really sweet. It's like, wow, mm. I can't believe this is going to be mine. It's crazy, and it's totally in, in my circumstance. It's affordable, financed it, and it's great. It's that's always beautiful, fun. cool, beautiful, cool car. Beautiful. I bought a big giant truck. I bought the giantest truck that you can get. Mm. The giantest. That's not. That doesn't need a commercial driver's license. <laughs> The giantest pickup truck that they make. Mm. It's great. I'm excited. And it's it's like you get in, it's like sitting in an airplane cockpit. Right. And it's got a moonroof. I haven't had a moonroof in a car for 30 years. I always liked having moonroofs. And when five years ago, Derek and I bought the same pickup truck. He bought the GMC version. I bought the Chevy version. Same exact thing. But GMC is like more upscale, technically speaking. Most of the products they make, they have a little bit more of a flair. So Derek's car has a lot more accoutrements to mine and one in particular was the moonroof and i said i go did you order the moonroof because no this was just it was in the car it just it was, i saw the car i was like that's the one i want I had a moonroof in it so when i ordered this chevy i got a chevy high country dually i ordered the moonroof so it was one i was so excited to see that 
you order the car, you put a down payment, it comes a few months. I ordered like months ago and finally showed up and I was a little nervous. I got on the lot and I was like, that's not what I ordered. I'm like, wait, maybe that's not it. Maybe is that it? There was a high country, <laughs> but not a dually and it didn't have a moonroof. I'm like, oh, I knew they were going to get everything wrong. It's like ordering a pizza and you ask half mushroom, half pepperoni, and then they put it across everything and then you just don't eat. <laughs> that's what it's like living with a vegan. It's fun. And so I, I, when I got on the lot, the, the guy goes, oh, no, 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 that's not it. I was like, is that, is that it? Because I'm about to complain. He goes, no, 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 that's not it. It's like, I'll bring it around. So he brought it around. Then it was what I ordered. Why isn't it, it ready now? Why do you got to wait till Friday? Because uh, he's just doing the finance and stuff. Uh, and then they want to detail it. Because I want to, like all the parts were in the back seat. There's still plastic on the seat yesterday. So I just took it for you. He put a plane on. He goes, yeah, take it for a test drive. I'm like, really? He's like, it's yours. We get it for you. Go for it. It's, like, oh. it's funny. You go for the absolute biggest truck that you can get before getting your truck driver's license and i actually went for the smallest truck that i could get yeah there it is that's a that's a beast mm. i have a honda yeah, ridgeline so which is basically an suv with a with the back cut out and a bed and my lease is ending in a few months and so i went to a couple of dealerships to talk and dealerships don't carry inventory anymore if you want a mm-hmm. new vehicle you have to order it the most part, yeah. This Chevy dealer had nothing on the lot for the last two years. Now they finally do. They have cars finally, but the lot was completely empty outside from customer cars, hmm. and you had to go in and talk to them. Yeah, yeah I went to Ford so, and Honda. Ford says we these at least the one I went to, they don't carry any inventory. Their parking lot is empty. Wow. It's all you order it. You go through the website and and then you order it. And uh, they their truck was about five months out and then honda they are three months out that's wild i ordered this months ago i mean it didn't seem like a long time ago in retrospect but i ordered it thinking i wouldn't be ready for a year yeah because of all the shortages and he said no because it won't take that long because if it because if it does you don't mind i was like no whatever and then obviously here it is can we talk about there's like a new Ford that everybody has? You guys see the new Ford? I think it's a Ford, the new Ford Ranger. It looks like a Ridgeline. Have you seen that? There's a, it might be the Maverick or the Ranger, but yeah. Maybe it's the Maverick. Yeah. It looks like it's like a little four door short bed pickup truck. I was looking at that. Like be, real little. Be, yeah. Because it's a, it's a hybrid. And That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. yeah there's so, so the many of them up here. In one particular day, like ta-da, they were everywhere. So in one day I noticed it. I was like. Oh, is that a Honda? I'm like, oh, that's a Ford. What kind of car is that? And then I saw like six of them throughout the day. And then my friend pulled in with one. I was like, this. And then he explained it to me. And it, it looks like a very popular car for them. The one thing about the Fords that I find really weird is their trucks. Ford is really proud to be a Ford because it, it'll say like Ford in massive letters <laughs> or F-150. And their branding is everywhere. Like my Honda Ridgeline, there's no there's no branding everywhere. Don't you hate that when somebody puts their name on everything? <laughs> the, I, I I historically hate Fords and I talk about it all the time and uh, the reason I don't like Fords is because they look like they were designed by like a, a second year art student on a computer all of them it's what drives me crazy I just look huh. at them like there's so many more choices you could have made like you take it it always looks like it looks like the the third phase sketch of where they're going with the truck. And then they go, okay, that looks cool. Wow, you did that on a computer? That's so cool. And then they just make the car. (laughs) And unsubscribe. Yeah, there went half the audience. So, I mean, I I feel that way about like every car company. And it's almost like alternating generations. I was talking to somebody at Maker Faire and they were talking about how the, um, maybe it was Scott, I don't remember. But the, you know, car design, the shape, the general shape goes from like, 
generations of curvy to angular to curvy yeah. to angular. And they go I'm not in love with the Chevy I just bought, honestly. I mean, I'm not in love with the front end, but... You know, but I think every car. every car design, you know, every design of each line of cars goes through that like, oh wow, they're going, huh? They're going that way, huh? That looks yeah. kind of. And then it, the next one looks super modern and super new and whatever. And I, I've never quite understood the people's passionate hate for certain car companies hmm. for stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always like the Chevy people hate the Ford and Ford hate the Chevy and whatever. Um, it, because I, I, you can see that failure in design in every company at some oh, 100%. point. Oh, hundred percent. Like I said, I don't always love all the Chevys. I mean, I'm just kind of brand loyal. But in general, you look at most cars and they have that problem. But Ford, particularly, because <laughs> who, who, seriously, like whoever makes the whoever's designing the Ford doesn't know that you could like bulge stuff. Everything's just flat and angular. Like you could bulge stuff a little. You could like there's got to be a, a there's got to be a part in the app where you could like bulge a panel. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe then buy that option. Maybe they, they have don't a have design that app that they just like flip through. And yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, they, let's they, do this it looks combination like of Ford looks like they design cars in SketchUp. That's the problem. I think maybe they only have SketchUp. Hmm. It's funny. Uh, I recently learned that cars are still, to this day, they might be computer designed, but then they still make a full size one out of clay, like sculptures. Mm-hmm. Like sculpt- yeah. It's bonkers to me. Yeah. There was a, a show, I'm not sure if it's been canceled or what, because I haven't seen anything about it in a while, called American Auto. Have you seen the show? It's like a like a comedy, you know, situation. And it's about this American car company who is trying to survive, trying to come back or something. I don't remember the the deal. But they have this new CEO who is not a car person. She came from pharmaceuticals or something like that. So she knows nothing about cars. She doesn't drive. Sounds and she comes good. in and just starts like promising all this stuff about Oh, we're going to make a car that's $10,000 or we're going to make a car that's this and this and this. And so these designers have to make up for all of her promises and they create this car. And I can't remember what the name of it is. It's something funny. It's just terrible. Like it's the ugliest thing you can possibly imagine. But it also, and you know, it's all a joke and everything, but it also kind of feels like what actually happens at car companies without me having any intimate knowledge of how the car design process goes. It's like some executive goes, yeah, we're going to have this, and we're going to have this, and we're going to have this. And then the designers are down there with giant eyes going, what? Like, I have to I have to build around that idea or that cost or that, you know. I'm sure that happens all the time. So some of that, that stuff. That process of, Jimmy, uh, could, of salesman, the process of salesman versus engineer versus machinist, like that that will never be streamlined. No, There's true. always going to be architect versus construction worker. There will never be harmony there, ever. It's always going to be a struggle. I felt I felt that in the graphic design world, working with writers and then trying to like, whoa, there's way too much copy. You're going to ruin the design, and then it, you know you have to have an art director come in and say, let's balance this out a little bit more. Yeah. But you know, the people that actually implement the ideas versus the people that think of stuff is always going to be an acrimonious relationship. It's always going to be that phony meeting where you're like, okay. Everyone's voice gets high. Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. Sure. Whatever. And then they go away, and then you just badmouth them as soon as they leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about it a while back that, like, I've had, um, let's see, I started out with a, a Blazer, which is, I guess, that's a, is that a GMC. That's a Chevy, or, isn't it? A Chevy, Chevy. Chevy Blazer? So I started out with a Bronco. A Chevy. Yeah, a Bronco. And then I had a four. I had two Fords, 
and then we got a Honda and a Nissan and another Ford. So you're brand loyal. And <laughs> and then I've got two Toyotas and a Volkswagen. So there's only a couple of car companies I haven't tried. <laughs> I should probably I should probably start doing pulling a Jimmy and like just just try to get one of each. That's what I should try. My my first new pickup truck I bought was a Toyota Tundra I bought in 2004 in California. And I loved it. It was like a sports car. It was great. And then when I was time to buy a new one, they had just released their line of Tundras that were the steroided version of the Tundra. And I just didn't like it. I just didn't think it was handsome. It just looked kind of, it looked like a foreign car that was trying to be an American car instead of just being what it was. It's just something about it. Didn't, I never liked the new Tundras, even like the big full bodied ones. So that was when I started buying Chevys. So that was in 2013. Cool. I bought my first Chevy. And now this is the fourth one I bought in a row from the same dealership. So when I went there yesterday, the guy was like... Well, plus the yeah, other like if, 15 that you have that are you know aftermarket. Yeah, the old ones. I said, I, I said, do you, uh, I go, do you want me to put a deposit down? He's like, no, you don't have to. You, <laughs> you want to buy no money down? Your name's like, Duressa, oh. right? Yeah, you're going to buy this thing. <laughs> we know you're going to buy it. Like, no, no. I was like, you want me to put like 20%? No, you don't have to if you don't want to. I was like, all right, I don't want to. He's like, all right, let me work this out. <laughs> Yeah, I don't call me now or later. He's like, we're all set. We got to figure it out. You got good credit. We're all good. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank wow. you, Mark at Sawyer Chevrolet. So, how many of your old trucks can this new truck pull at one time? It should be able to pull each one of them connected together. So, all of them at once. Please prove that. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. <laughs> I'm going to make my own Chevy commercial with drones <laughs> and stuff like the that. desert. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to have the word good tough in it a whole lot. And like dropping with dust puffing from underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> Chevy tough. Well, uh, what else is going on other than cars? I'm stuff? just catching up on my work. This week I think I'm going to have the the porch part two video. I just threw it all together in the timeline and it's an hour and a half long. So I should be able to get that to a manageable, watchable with a voiceover to kind of hold it together. So I'm working on the porch part two and I didn't do any social media. We sheetrocked the whole room and I didn't show anything of that just because I don't want to hear everybody tell me how I do things wrong. So I, we sheetrocked the whole room, which was not fun, but it's nearly done. And we're still doing the spackle, which is coming out really good. It was complicated because we pulled out the plaster in that room and all the trim stayed. It seems like they built the whole entire room and the trim is all perfect. And then they plastered in between all the parts. This might have been the way they did it in hmm. the turn of the century. So the whole room was naked except for the baseboard and all the trim around the windows and the doors. So I had a sheetrock right up to it and make all the sheetrock land like either up to it or under it. And it wasn't easy. And I left a lot to the spackle to solve. And it's coming out really good. So I was expecting a, a very difficult time. And it wasn't all that difficult. And it's starting to really tighten up. It looks really good. So I'll do a little clip of that in the video, too, when I do my walkthrough. In the first video, I think I showed the room ripped out. Now this, now the room is, is sheetrocked. But I hate doing that work. I hate <laughs> it. I never want to do it again. Yeah, it's unfortunate how well um, renovation videos do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they actually do pretty well. Uh, but the work itself often is, is stuff like that. Like you just got to get through the drywall, you know, for me, it's not yeah. cheaper to do it myself because it would take me too long. It's just, and 
for no, them. No, no, it's not cheap it, at all to do yeah. it. I would, I only do it myself because I just don't have anybody I can trust to do mm-hmm. it. I would certainly pay for it if I had somebody I could trust. I would do it in a timely manner. I, I remember growing up and hearing all these stories on the news about <clears throat> contractors that take half the money and never come back. And now that I'm an adult, or at least as I became an adult, I completely understand why. Because anybody with a truck and a hammer can say I'm a contractor. You do need to hire licensed and insured people, but those people are unavailable. So you just take the guy that's hanging out pumping gas that says I build stuff on the side of his car. And you're like, can you do this? You're like, yeah. And then he's completely unqualified and has no experience and no references. So you got to be careful. There's a, a Nate Bergazzi bit. He's a comedian, and he was talking about and like having people do stuff in his house. And he made the joke that when he was growing up, um, he was absolutely positive that nobody that ever did work in their house did that thing full time. <laughs> yeah, that's like, exactly what I'm it saying. It was like all the, people that this, you know they would come to mow the the lawn, and somebody would be like, "Hey, can you paint a house?" And he's like, "Yeah, I don't, yeah, I can. I, how hard can it be?" And so that was like everybody that <laughs> worked exactly, on there. He must have grew up in East Durham. <laughs> It's so funny. It's so true. It's funny because it's true. And then I'm jamming on the boat. I got sidetracked on the boat. So last night I'm going to, when you do the boat, you have to come all the way up to the middle on one side and then meet, make the cut line down the center of the keel and then match it from the opposite side. So I'm almost ready to close up one side. Then I can race and close it from the other side. And then I'll be ready to do much more of the woodwork, which is the complicated stuff. The fun stuff. The fun stuff. This week we've been filming a video where we took one of those Sterilite three-door, like little, you know, $20 storage units that you can get. And I took the drawers out, keeping the drawers and just rebuilding the outside case. So get rid of the plastic and making it all out of English walnut, but reusing the drawers because nobody likes making drawers. And it's coming out pretty darn, pretty darn cool. Uh, Hmm. Finishing that up today. I'm really enjoying this taking something and turning it into something else. That's that's been my thing lately. That uh, kind of designing on the fly, not not sure what's going to happen, and it's so far it's worked out well for me. That's cool. Did, uh, does this thing have a place to go or have a purpose? Like, it, did you pick that thing for any particular reason, or just because it was kind of in two pieces that you could reuse I, one of the two pieces? I I mean, who doesn't need more? storage and a place to put your stuff yeah so um i i really wanted to i'm basically i'm walking through target and i'm just kind of like looking at things for ideas the same thing i do the same thing at antique malls and i saw this and i'm like the face of these drawers they have like a curved front and i just thought hey this would be really interesting to make the case out of wood and so we're we're doing that so it, it doesn't really have a purpose except I now have more places to put my stuff. Hmm. I actually thought about doing a similar opposite thing, which I probably won't ever do. But um, I needed some drawers for like next to my desk at the office. And for all the other desks, we just had like a little Ikea, you know, like five drawer thing. And the each drawer has the face of the drawer has a little cutout for your hand. They're just simple, modern, white, whatever. But I didn't get one at the time. And so I, I was going to buy one. You can't buy anything from uh, from Ikea to have it shipped. It's like 
the thing is a hundred dollars and there's $300 shipping. It's crazy. So I looked on Amazon and they have a bunch of copies of pretty much everything from Ikea. You can find a copy of by some other, you know, Chinese company or whatever. So I found this similar thing, but instead of a smooth white surface on the outside, it's like a, a textured melamine. So it's trying to look like wood, like painted wood, but it's terrible texture. And so I had thought, well, I could get that thing and then, um, I could make a silicon mold of the the face of it and then pour epoxy and do some interesting epoxy design for all of the faces of the entire front of the piece because there's five of them. So make a mold of all five of them at one time and then do a pour that would cross all five pieces. You know, so if you had some pattern or whatever that would start at the bottom of the, the little shelf unit and go up the front of it. And then I got it put together, and I'm like, no, nah, I just need some drawers. <laughs> I really don't want it. So there's a cool idea if somebody wants to take there that. You, go. You, know, you can take a cheap piece of furniture and you know make the whole front of it at one time and then cut it up into individual drawer faces. I think it would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really know what I was going to make it look like anyway. That's kind of as far as I went with the idea. But Well, you guys got anything else? I'm... In pain a little bit, so if if I could get up and walk around, that'd probably be good. But if you guys have anything else you want to chat through, I just want to say it was good good hanging out with you guys again after what three years, maybe four years. That was yeah. that was a blast. It's definitely good to get together. Yeah. <clears throat> and I must say that I was pleasantly surprised and relieved, and made me feel right at home, Bob, when I went in your basement, and it was just like the back lot of Hollywood, <laughs> just props everywhere. <laughs> As soon as the project's done, it just gets put like an inch off camera, and then yep. you start the next one. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy said on the, told me on the side, he's like, I, I feel so good that this room is 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 a mess because, oh, yeah. on camera it just looks so good. <laughs> but it was your old podcasting room, and you now have the podcasting room in the new building, so it looks like it's just yeah. kind of like this is where stuff goes now. It does. Yeah. That room was supposed to be. We moved out of here so that I could give that room back to my family. Man, I haven't. Mm. <laughs> it's just. It's the one that I can't get around to cleaning up. So. And can we say your son doing the impersonation? I didn't post any pictures. Oh because yeah, I didn't sure. want to Do so that my, because it's, it's your family. Yeah, but it's so funny. Your son comes down the stairs. Is he your youngest? Yeah, he's the youngest. And he comes down and he's so excited to see me. And I was like, "Hey, what's up, buddy? Is it Halloween?" And you go, no, he's dressed as you. And I was like, oh, my God. He had fake beard on. I thought he was meant to look like a homeless guy. Because when I was a kid, that was, always a, that was always a thing, is to put, like, chalk on your face and pretend you're a bum or riding the rails. And then he's like, no, I'm you. And I'm like, oh, he's got his pocket jam full of tools and notebooks. And he's got his little beard drawn on. And he's wearing his hat and his dark glasses. It was so it was adorable. amazing. So and then guys- an hour later, he comes out dressed as Derek, which was absolutely hilarious. Yeah, he has this like wizard beard that he had from Halloween last year. It's like real long gray beard. And uh, yeah, so he swapped out a few things and put on the wizard beard. And he was Derek. And the funniest thing was so observant. And he put on like a, a crisp new blue and white flannel, which I always feel like is what they always put on Derek during the show. They Every week we had to mix that up. And there's five of us. So everyone had to wear something. And he's like, Jimmy, you just wear black. You just wear black and jeans. You're fine. But with the other guys, they had to like put on these hokey colors and hokey hmm. You know, old Carhartt donated stuff. And I, it seems like he, he had on the exact shirt that Derek might have worn in one of the episodes, which was funny. He, yeah, that was all him. Like, we didn't prompt him to do that. He loves to dress up and be silly and stuff. And he's a really goofy kid. Um, so he, he did all that his own. What was funny is because you guys were here 
excuse me, we shot a little bit of stuff and then you left to go get food. And when you were about to leave, Jenny sent me a text and said he he wants to show Jimmy his outfit. And so he was dressed up then, but then you guys left before he could come downstairs. And so uh, he decided, and then he was, they all went to a soccer game and he decided to stay there to make sure that he could get back in costume (laughs) when he got back. (laughs) (laughs) So he hung around. So cool. So really those, that's uh, that's one of my favorite pictures from the whole weekend. Yeah, it's great. It's pretty great. Cool. Uh, well, you guys got anything to recommend? I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters. Uh, big thanks for all of the support. Lots of them came. In, in fact, I wanted to call out uh, Chris Powell at Full Steam Designs because he was there. Oh, I saw him in the crowd. He was there, and I did not even get to say hi. I was trying to get us outside so that we could get out of the way of the next people that were going to be on stage. And I think people thought I was running away. That was not the intention. I was just trying to get us out so we could talk outside. And I completely missed Chris. So, Chris, thank you for coming. Sorry I didn't get to hang out and say hi. Yeah, I was trying to to coordinate a picture of all of us. And then at one point, everybody was scattered. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get that Yeah, with Chris. So, Chris, Um, I'm sorry about that. Yes. Um, But there were a lot of people there. Uh, that support us on Patreon, and it was awesome. I'm really, really, really glad to have met all of you, to see you. And uh, I think, like, Matthew was there. I kind of waved at him, but I didn't really get to uh, say anything to him. There were a few other people, so I apologize that I wasn't as, as you know, connected or talking to everybody as, as I normally would be. It was kind of hurting and a little distracted, but we were very glad that you were there. We appreciate it a lot. We have a lot of people that support us on Patreon, but our top group of supporters are Gretchen Hofer, Michael Menegin, Warren Works, Scott Orham, Full Steam Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Rich at Low End Designs, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations. You can make this too. Chad from Mancrafting, who was there. Works by Solo, who was there. It was awesome. Yeah. Always great to get to talk to Bernie. Um, Albers Woodworks and Corey Ward. And other people like Randy Watson. What's up, Randy Watson? He's another one of mm-hmm. our Another one of our supporters. But uh, we're grateful. Those people are going to get the recording of the after show if it works out uh, from you know this past weekend. And and if it doesn't sound good enough, then I just won't post it because it's not worth it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do with it. And if you want to join that crew and help us out, we would really appreciate it. You can go to patreon.com slash making it and pick whatever amount works for you. Everybody gets the after show every week. Doesn't matter. What amount? Um, you guys got anything to recommend? Dave, you go. I'm still looking through <laughs> my history. I can't find anything sure. that I haven't already talked about. Uh, there's a channel. I, I don't think I've recommended him before. I may have Hayden Hillier Smith. He is a video editor. He was Logan Paul's editor for a while. And on his YouTube channel, he my favorite videos of his is where he breaks down the edit of other people other creators and and is not afraid to say like you could have done this better uh you know instead of a push do a poll here because it blah 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 and like really gets into the storytelling of video editing it's fantastic he's really really good uh by the way there's oh, i could recommend um i make tv your name is joe uh joe is a video editor and he's going to be at maker camp he's going to do a few lectures on Video editing for the maker. Oh. I, his Instagram is I Make TV, and he we met. You guys might have met him briefly at uh, uh, maybe a team met him at workbench. Workbench 
Con? Workbench Con. I'm trying to remember there's so many things, so many names of games and things that <laughs> mix together. Workbench Con, Joe, did a couple of lectures on making videos for the maker. Cool. Um, mine is going to be something that I recommended a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to do it again because I finished it. The show Light and Magic on Disney+. Plus. This is a six-part documentary about industrial light and magic, and I, I think everybody should watch it. Not because it's about Star Wars, not because it's about Jurassic Park, but it was super inspiring to me to watch because it starts off with, you know, the George Lucas needed this needed stuff done for a movie, and so he hired a bunch of people who didn't really know what they were doing. They didn't. They had the skills, but they didn't have the experience of making a movie, and they created a whole bunch of technology and a whole bunch of processes just to get a single thing done. And then they tried to figure out how to like take those processes and do a different and entirely different thing. And then an entirely different thing. And so this series goes from, you know, ragtag group of hands-on people building into a thing to then how digital technology came in and replaced a lot of them and converted a lot of them to create being able to create an entirely different set of impossible things. And it's just so cool. And it's all by the, you know, there's a lot of George Lucas talking and executives talking, but most of it is interviews with the people who were, you know, molding things. A lot of Phil Tippett talking about his emotional response to the ups and downs of doing that type of work it is fascinating to me and and just really really well put together plus you you get to see all sorts of behind the scenes of like the some of the best movies ever made you know not just star wars lots of you know spielberg talking about indiana jones and jurassic park and it's just it's there's a new indiana jones isn't it uh yeah it's coming out next year i believe whoa yeah so i i would suggest everybody creative should just go see it because it shows you uh, an interesting glimpse into a bunch of different types of people having investment in creating something that had never existed before. And everybody's got different investment, different skill sets and all that stuff, but I thought it was really, really cool. So go check it out. You guys got anything else? That's about it. Cool. I'm going to go take some Advil. Uh, I was really glad to see you guys this weekend. I hope we do that again sooner than later. Yes. And uh I've got to get you guys next year. I know this in a week is Maker Camp or in two weeks is three weeks is Maker Camp. Next year you guys have to come to Maker Camp. You guys are gonna have major FOMO mm. and you're gonna be like I don't care about soccer games, birthdays. <laughs> I don't care about my cars. kids. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Well, so how far ahead is the is the actual date, the specific date planned? Oh, it's always Columbus weekend. That's it. Oh, so it's now always the exact same weekend. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe then so we can, I can. Whatever happens that weekend on your side has to be moved mm. to another day. If it's a birthday, you have to move the birthday to Even another. wedding anniversaries? I mean, yeah. Yep. They all have okay. to be moved. Yeah. Make or kill. <laughs> 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 I wish we had a uh, yeah, revolution. Space is perfect. We're storming the Capitol. It's a revolution. Oh, boy. <laughs> Remember the girl, that hipster girl outside? It's a revolution. We're storming the Capitol. <laughs> yeah well we'll try to make it work my kids are now getting old enough to where i can tell them like i'm gonna miss your birthday but we'll celebrate 
the next day right. or the next whatever, you know, and that, it's not that big. Plus, you're like a celebrity now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go hang out with Netflix guy. And they're like, oh, yeah. okay. Maybe yeah, I'll just bring them right. too. That'd be good. It's good. All right. It's cool. good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. And uh, Love you. We'll see you next Love time. Love everybody. Thank you. Next time.